Sanders Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, local chapter 151, Wiley... How are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well, and uh, we have uh, we're gonna skip our usual uh, banter and uh, introduction and things like that because we have got a major, major news story. Uh, this is something uh, very important, um, and uh, we wanted to get right into it. Um, basically, hold on, go ahead. Not a bit. That, yeah, there's this, not a joke coming out not of the end bit, of this. Yeah, this is. <laughs> we know we have a reputation of, of doing this sort of thing. This is absolutely not a bit. This is uh, it, it, very, very serious here. Okay. And we're about to uh, basically reveal something that is has major consequences on the entire geopolitical uh, scene. And this is absolutely something that you're not going to hear anywhere else. At least I have not seen this reported anywhere nowhere and i went looking yeah yeah so let's let's get straight into this uh earlier this week as you probably know uh there was a inadvertent missile strike on poland okay that killed two people it killed two people uh it struck a uh basically a a, a grain distribution center in a far, in a farming community in poland okay um the initial reports coming out of poland and coming out of the ukraine was that this was a stray Russian missile. Uh, Poland, of course, was uh, you know uh, very upset about this. They immediately called for an emergency meeting of NATO, uh, you know, considering invoking uh, Article 4, uh, which uh, allows uh, any member of NATO to call an emergency meeting essentially to discuss you know future plans. It's one step before invoking Article 5 of the uh, NATO Charter which is uh, the mutual defense pact. Yeah. Basically, if one country is attacked, all of NATO is attacked, and all of NATO goes to war. Yeah. Okay, so this was a very, very serious situation. Um, after that emergency meeting was held, and after Poland had said this was a Russian missile, after Ukraine had said this was a Russian missile, the United States came out and said, no, this was a stray Ukrainian surface-to-air missile, specifically an S-300, and it was an accident. Now, initially, Ukraine vehemently denied this. They said this was absolutely not an S-300 missile. Poland uh, changed their tune pretty quickly. After talking to After talking to the United States and and talking to other NATO members, uh, said, yes, it it does appear this was an S-300 missile. Um, and Ukraine was still denying it. They're saying absolutely not. Now, first of all, uh, at, at this point in time, there is so much, um, you know, uh, satellite uh, imaging. There's so much radar, uh, so much intelligence sources uh, focused on this area that they can pretty much track any single missile going anywhere 
over that entire region of the Earth right now. I mean, we've got AWACS flying overhead. So basically, the Ukrainians, NATO, the U.S., Poland, they all know what happened. So there would be no doubt what the source of this missile was. Okay. There should be. There, well, yeah, we'll, and we'll get into that. So now, Hold on. Right now, you just want to say this part. Russia is denying that this is one of their missiles. Correct, of, which, of course, they would. Currently, right now, NATO and Poland and the U.S. are saying that it's a Ukrainian missile. Right. That was a— Specifically, a, a surface-to-air missile, an S-300 series. Yes. Okay, which a surface-to-air missile is designed— to shoot down airplanes. And I actually have a very extensive background in this. Uh, I was uh, in the uh, U.S. Army. I was a surface-to-air missile gunner. Um, I was actually selected to go to top gun school for um, uh, man pads, surface-to-air missile systems. And I was awarded the Army Achievement Medal for graduating first in my top gun class. So this is an area that I'm very, very knowledgeable in. Um, And when the story came out, that this was an S-300 missile, I immediately knew that that was highly unlikely to the point of almost impossible. Yeah. Now, there is one caveat to that, is that the Russian S-300 missile, uh, which is, is an old Soviet missile, um, which Ukraine has just from when they were part of the Soviet Union, um, this, the, the S-300 can be programmed to be used as a ground attack missile okay so it is uh, unlike some surface air missiles that it would be absolutely impossible for them to hit a ground target uh, the s-300 can be programmed in such a way that it can hit a ground target however um, the the first thing you have to understand is where these missiles were deployed now these missiles uh, you know the s-300 missiles would be deployed in the extreme western portion of Ukraine, hundreds of kilometers behind the front lines within Ukrainian-controlled territory. Now, if you're Ukraine, there is absolutely no way that you would program your surface-to-air missiles to do anything but uh, either disarm or detonate when they've exceeded their range. Reason being is because if you if you program them for surface uh, uh, detonation, they will I- inevitably land on your own territory and potentially kill your own people and destroy your own territory. Okay, so most surface-to-air missiles uh, will automatically either detonate or disarm when they've uh, hit their range. So they've essentially, if they've missed their target. They're not going to come falling down out of the sky and blow up something on the ground in your own territory, because unless you're deploying surface air missiles at the very front line and firing over enemy territory, you would never want it to detonate on impact with the ground. You'd want it to detonate if it missed the aircraft or the missile that it was targeting. You would want it to detonate in the sky and fall down as just small pieces of debris. Less than the chance of somebody getting hurt. Exactly. Exactly. So, Especially if it's over your own turf. So my, my first thought when the United States and, and then Poland said this was an S-300, it was like, that's highly unlikely. So then I actually uh, saw a photograph of where the missile impacted. Okay. And like I said, this was a, a grain distribution facility, a small grain distribution facility uh, in like a farming village. Uh, basically, there were grain silos there, 
and they had a like a, a little rail track railroad track and a grain cart that was actually a wheeled cart but they had converted these railroad tracks to move the carts back and forth between the different facilities within this little processing center yeah the missile hit exactly at that rail car on the railroad tracks okay yeah if you look at the picture which will be in the show notes yeah every everything that all the pictures that i'm uh, describing here are in the show notes now i i said all right first of all if you have a surface to air missile randomly falling out of the sky because it hit its target how unlikely would it be for it to hit specifically at a railroad track with a what appeared to be a railroad car on it okay so i started doing the math um, basically, there are 149 trillion square meters of dry land on Earth. 149 trillion square meters. There are there's roughly two billion square meters of railroad track on Earth. So that's only point zero point zero 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 one three percent of the Earth is covered in railroad tracks. That means the odds of a missile randomly falling out of the sky onto a railroad track, 75,000 to one, okay? Those are the odds of a missile hitting a railroad track, okay? Yeah. The odds of a, a randomly falling out of the sky missile because it's exhausted its fuel supply because it missed its target, falling onto a rail cart is about one in a 100 million or more. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, you have to say that that the probability of this surface, if this was an S-300 surface-to-air missile, the probability of it landing there is somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 million to one, yeah. just statistically probability. Um, now, when I, when I saw that, you know, the alarms were going off in my head. Th this is not right. This, a surface-to-air missile, this, none of this would happen because of the way it's programmed. It should have never impacted on the ground. It should have never detonated on the ground. It, sh it should have, you know, and if it did impact on the ground, it should have never hit there. So now we're, we're just out into astronomical odds already. Yeah. So I started investigating. So the first thing I did is I looked up the coordinates of this facility, okay? Got the coordinates and I said, all right, what might have happened? Well, so I, I started going out across the, the, uh, the, the latitude, this exact latitude. And when I say latitude, I'm talking degrees, minutes, and seconds. Now an arc second of, of latitude is, you know, it's a few hundred feet. So if you're talking about something that's within an arc second, you're talking about something that's within a few hundred feet. Yeah. Okay. Because this is really tight. Considering. The, yes. Yes. These are, these are very small numbers. So the, this facility and, uh, uh and I'm going to butcher this town name. Przewodow. <laughs> we'll go with. And again, that's probably the incorrect pronunciation in Poland. The coordinates of that are, 50 degrees, um, uh, 28 minutes, 28 seconds north, 23 degrees, 55 minutes, 19 seconds east. Okay? So remember those numbers if you can. 50, 28, 28 uh, north, 23, 55, 19 east. Okay? And we'll come back to that. So as I'm, as I'm looking at 
what else is at that latitude, um, I find that uh, there happens to be right outside of Kiev, actually within the um, borders of Kiev, uh, is the Anatov Aircraft Manufacturing Plant. And the Anatov Aircraft Manufacturing Plant, uh, which has been targeted several times by Russia in this war so far, is located at 50 degrees, 28 minutes, 28 seconds north. Okay, Exactly the same latitude as where the uh, missile struck in Poland. Okay, exactly. In that, on that line. So on that line, if, if you were to take where, from where the missile struck and drew a perfect line going east, it would cross over the roof of this manufacturing plant. Now, the Anatov uh, aircraft manufacturing plant, uh, Anatov uh, manufactures large, extremely large military uh, cargo and troop transport aircraft. Huge aircraft. So consider like uh, the U.S., the C-141, the C-130, the C-5 Galaxy, you know, those type of aircraft. These are huge Boeing 747-type military aircraft. So if you were Russia, you would want to hit this. They And they have hit this location several times so far in this war. So on this exact latitude to the second, there is a uh, an existing Russian target. Okay. So then I did the same thing with the longitude, okay? So I, I started tracing the exact longitude, and the longitude I'm talking about is, is uh, 23 degrees, 55 minutes, 19 seconds east. It turns out that if you trace that exact longitude to the second south, you end up in Lviv. Now, Lviv is the second largest city in western Ukraine, and the location that that puts you at is at a rail depot right next to a fighter base at uh, the uh, Danilo Halitiski <laughs> International Airport. And I, I apologize for butchering these names. But that is at those exact coordinates. Within a few hundred feet, there is a rail yard there and a military fighter base attached, essentially, to this international airport. Mm-hmm. This is also a location that has been targeted by Russia multiple times during this war. So if you were to take these two existing Russian targets, <coughs> excuse me, and you were to draw a line longitudinally and latitudinally, so if you were to draw a line west from the Anatov aircraft, due west, perfect to the second, and you were to draw a line due north, uh, longitudinally from the uh, the rail yard, which is a huge rail depot next to the fighter base, draw that north, you would end up exactly at where that missile landed. So you've got the, the coincidence of the Ukrainians failing to correctly program the surface-to-air missile to detonate in air instead of falling down to explode over their own territory or in a friendly next-door neighbor mm-hmm. nation, uh, you've got the coincidence that that falling out of the scare, uh, sky out-of-fuel missile happens to land exactly on a railroad, on, on a rail car, okay, 
And you've got the coincidence that if you draw a perfectly west line from one Russian target and a perfectly north line from another Russian target. Or a Ukrainian target. Or, whichever well, you want to say. Russia is targeting these yeah, yeah, yeah. these locations okay. in Ukraine. An, an area in Ukraine that Russia would and has targeted. Exactly. They would intersect exactly Exactly. Now, what are the odds of that? I, a billion to one at this point. When you I, I, and again, I'm I'm speculating here, but if you add up all the coincidences that would have to happen for this S-300 missile to randomly fall out of the sky at that location, it's astronomical. Um, Hold on, let me ask a question. Sure. Would there be any way from a surface-to-air missile that Ukrainian that Ukraine put up? Would there be any possibility that it would change course and then program itself to land on that part? That's impossible uh, for an S-300 missile. Why? Uh, because it does not have the optical targeting system. Okay. So it's, just, it's not possible to do? It, it would be exceptionally unlikely. If a it, Russian missile, okay, if a Russian missile were to be sent over, What's the odds of that changing its target and hitting somewhere else? Uh, extremely likely, because uh, Russian cruise missiles not only are, are GPS programmed, like all cruise missiles, so they go to a specific coordinate, but they also have optical targeting systems. Okay, so if a missile was um, expecting to hit a rail yard, mm -hmm. when it got close to the target, the optical tracking would kick in, and it would say, oh, I see railroad tracks. So that's how the cruise missiles are designed. So essentially, uh, and in, in this case, uh, we would be talking about either an Iskander or a caliber Russian cruise missile, M most likely an Iskander because it was most likely uh, land-based. Now, how – so that's, that is a very, very good explanation of why a missile would have hit directly on a rail line in a rail car. Because if this were a Russian cruise missile, it would get close to the target and say, what am I looking for? Well, I'm looking for a facility that has a rail yard. Okay, there's a railroad track. There's a rail car. I'm going to zero in on that specific location. Now, if, if, if you know how cruise missiles work, you know that, yeah, they can be sent to a specific set of coordinates. But the reason that a cruise missile can fly into the window of a building is because when it gets close to that target, it goes to the optical targeting system. And it says, okay, I have a, you know, a program map, uh, like an aerial photograph, for example, of what this looks like, or a street-level photograph, and I am going to go to that target that I know specifically I want to hit. And that's why, you know, using longitude and latitude, you can get close, but if you want to hit like a specific spot on a specific building, um, that's when the optical targeting system on these missiles kicks in. So you okay. need both in order to do it. Yes, in order. Well, not necessarily, but if you want to be exceptionally precise, that's when the optical targeting does the last-minute adjustments to get it exactly where it wants to go. So how could this happen? Well, I found out, and uh, I, I got to give a shout out to Der Spiegel and to Bellingcat that Russian cruise missiles are targeted uh, by an organization called the Main Computation Center of the General Staff, the, uh, and it's uh, abbreviated uh, GVC. The GVC has facilities in Moscow and St. Petersburg under the command of Lieutenant Colonel Igor Bagnyuk. Here's how this actually, in, 
And I'm going to say with 99% certainty, this went down. Sitting somewhere in a bunker underground in either St. Petersburg or Moscow, there's a group of essentially IT programmers, mm-hmm. okay, that are programming these cruise missiles, okay? Now, when they get the order to, uh, you know, program a bunch of cruise missiles to multiple targets, they're going to pull up a spreadsheet, okay? Um, and in this case, if one of those programmers were to key in the longitude of the uh, Danlo International Airport in Lviv, Okay, and the which has been a target in the past, Mm -hmm. so you know it's on their target list, and then accidentally say skip down one line on the spreadsheet and didn't realize it, and then keyed in the latitude of the uh, uh, the Anatov aircraft manufacturing plant, it would that missile would go directly to the grain distribution silos in Poland that it hit. And if this was an Iskander uh, cruise missile, it would target itself exactly to the rail line and the rail cart that it saw. So the probability, I would, I would say, look, if I was proving this in a court of law, I would say that evidence is without question beyond a reasonable doubt. In all probability, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that's what happened. This was a Russian missile, no doubt about it, most likely an Iskander cruise missile, and it was inadvertently, and again, it was an accident, it was a data entry error, and it was because some person looked at the wrong line on a spreadsheet. They got the latitude from one target and the longitude from another target, they keyed those two things in, and it hit it hit exactly where that missile was told to go. It was it was a mistake, absolutely without question, a mistake. Um, now, the world is lying right now, and I talked to a, a couple of people close to me, but before uh, putting out this report, and I, I laid it out to them, and the answer coming from a few of them was good. This is something they should lie about because if Poland's original accusation and Ukraine's original accusation were allowed to stand, there was a good chance that Poland would have invoked Article 5. And there was a good chance that NATO would have been compelled to go to war with Russia. And we even talked about this. I mean, we had a a very deep discussion about whether even to report on this story because of the gravity of the truth. But I'm, I'm one of those people that believes that the truth is always paramount. It's always the most important thing. You always tell the truth and you let the chips fall where they may. And that's the thing. But it's, it's absolutely without question clear that the United States government, that the Biden administration, that NATO, that Poland are all lying. Ukraine was telling the truth the whole time. Now, They've been put under enough pressure to back down. So they're, they're not saying it was one of their missiles, but they're not really challenged. They've just kind of shut up about the whole thing. Okay. Have they really? Yeah. Because what I've seen doesn't seem like they're shutting up about it. They're, they're not. And the news reports right now are calling Ukraine liars. And that's the thing. 
That's the thing. I've actually seen news reports that are questioning, why would Ukraine stick to this line? Well, the reason Ukraine is sticking to this line is because it's the absolute truth. They're telling the story of what really happened. But they're not saying, but here's the thing. There's no one that has said that I have seen anywhere that said what you have just said. Nobody has broken it down like this. And here's the thing. The research that I did, it's not difficult to do. Any decent reporter who was was looking into this should have uncovered the same thing that I did. And it should be clear to them that this is what happened. I, I mean, it's again, it's I wouldn't say it's a full on no brainer, but once you really look into it and you understand how these things work, it's clear beyond any reasonable doubt that this is what happened. I mean, it's just the pieces of the puzzle fit so, perfectly together. So you don't think, but you don't think there's any possibility right now that you could be wrong. Um, well, I always have to acknowledge a possibility that I'm wrong, but I would put the probability at uh, far less than one percent yeah. that I'm wrong. I, I mean, it, it's there are the probability. Here, here's the thing: there's a I would say less than one percent probability that I'm wrong. Okay, but it's probably 10 million to one that the cover story is true and that's the thing there's no way in hell that the cover story is true because it is just statistically so improbable that a a likelier cause would have been a meteor fell on that exact location yeah you know now hold on let me ask another question here real quick yeah why is poland why did poland change their tune then Pressure from the U.S. and pressure from other NATO members because NATO wasn't willing to go to war over this. Now, Poland is kind of a different story. They've been itching for a fight with Russia. If there's anybody in NATO that is ready to go with war with Russia, um, it's Poland. Yeah. But then if that's the case, why do they change their tune? Because of the overwhelming pressure for NATO, and they probably wouldn't do it without the support of their allies. But under treaty, they have to support them, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, under treaty, if, if if Poland did invoke Article Five, now it would be it would probably be tricky. And here's here's why they may have uh, backed down. Poland may have backed down because it would be difficult to invoke Article Five knowing that this was an accident. And make no mistake, this was an accident. Russia did not mean to attack Poland. One hundred percent. This on purpose. This was a data entry error in the programming of a cruise missile coordinate 100 percent. that's what it was you don't think that there's any chance that this was a trial balloon of russia going after like like how far can we take this uh i don't think so it, it, it is possible it is possible because one of the the russian um uh military philosophies is escalate to de-escalate yeah so it is. I can't say that it's it's not possible. It is possible that Russia did intentionally target this location and do it in such a way that they would have a cover story to say it was an accident. Because this clearly, the way this happened, the fact that it's the longitude of one existing target and the latitude of another existing target that just happened to cross at this exact point, that would give them the out of saying that look this was an accident here's how it happened and it would be but they're not admitting they're they're saying no, it wasn't them they're saying it wasn't them so that leads me to believe that it it was actually an accident 
And then when this happened, it was a oh shit moment for Russia. Have has Russia acted any different since, as far as their war to Ukraine goes? That you can, you tell. know, actually, yeah. Uh, shortly after this happened, because uh, they were attacking both Kiev and Lviv with missile strikes, and it did slow down or, or stop pretty soon after this happened. So maybe once this missile hit in Poland, the Russians were, you know, very concerned that this could lead to a NATO response. So it's possible that's why they backed down. Now, there's also a lot of evidence that uh, Russia is running out of missiles. So they're just, you know, they could be conserving what little, um, you know, precision-guided ammunition they have left. So that's a possibility as well. Uh, but I, I think that when this happened, this most likely, again, most likely was an accident. I don't think it was a calculated strike with that built-in plausible deniability. I think this was most likely an accident. And when it happened, it scared the crap out of the Russian, you know, uh, military and government. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we might have just, you know, signed our own death warrant. You know, going to war, full-on war with NATO. Okay. Now, so I have my, I, I got more questions, though. Right. Why did the U.S. and NATO and Poland go down? Why do you think that they went down the road that they did? And the reason why I say that is this. It seems like to me that if you were trying to end this war, right, that this would be a, 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 a way in which you could have a, a, an impetus to force talks. I, but it also could have led to a much higher probability of this war uh, expanding dramatically and potentially going nuclear. So I, I think that they, they weighed that against, you know, telling the truth, and they decided in this case to throw Ukraine under the bus. Now, it's very interesting the way they threw Ukraine under the bus because they didn't want to really throw Ukraine yeah, under the bus. Yeah, because they're still blaming Russia. Blaming Russia, saying, yeah, we don't hold Ukraine responsible at all. Basically, they gave Zelensky every out they could to just say, okay, it was us. And, but they're not doing that. Now, they've stopped, like, really protesting about it. And they're not, like, saying, God damn it, it was a Russian missile. You know, they're, they're, they were doing that at first. And they would know because they have all the intelligence in the world. They tracked all these missiles. They probably know. And Poland does, too. And NATO does, too. They probably know exactly from where this missile was fired, they probably have telemetry of its entire trajectory. There's no doubt in my mind that they know the absolute full story, that NATO knows this was an accident. NATO knows what I know. I mean, it's just, it's a no-brainer. There's no way they don't. Um, but what I'm surprised by is the fact that the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, BBC, why didn't they figure it out? And if they did, why are they sitting on it? You know, and they're again, look, I'm a smart guy. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. A lot of other people have figured this out. OK. Um, are they sitting on it because they're worried about the consequences? Are they sitting on it because they went to the U.S. for comment or went to NATO for comment and they were said, you know, they, they got the response. You do not report this. You'll start World War Three. And, you know, like we had that discussion, too. I mean, we really debated 
whether or not to report this story because if it gets out there um it, it could affect uh geopolitics it could escalate this war you know and it was something that we we actually struggled with whether or not to report on this you know and i again i think the truth is always the right answer and so you know that's that's why we did decide to put this out there. Yeah. Okay. So, but let me ask this other question as well. When it comes to lies that our government tells, right? And what some of these other people have said to you that you've talked to about this, right? Have said that they are happy that the government lied about this. Yeah. They they were like, this is a good lie. Where, if it stops World War Three. Where are you at on that? I understand it. But my personal philosophy is the the truth is always paramount. Okay. Now, would you say that there is a difference between Adrian Wiley, the podcast host and, you know, part-time investigative reporter? Right. Vice Adrian Wiley, if I was ahead of, again, again, don't believe in government. Right, right, right. With that being said. Yeah. Adrian Wiley, head of state. Right. Uh, no, honestly, in, in that situation, no, because the truth is that this was most likely an accident. Most likely, you know, this was a literally it it boils down to a data entry error. Yeah. OK. Um, so if I were, say, hypothetically president of the United States, I would come out and say that I would say. Yes, this was a Russian cruise missile, but yes, we, we believe it was targeted. It was accidentally entered targeting data that caused it to go to this location in Poland. And we do not believe it was an intentional attack, was an accident for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Therefore, I would say we don't believe that Article 5 should be invoked. And that's how I would have handled it. Now, okay, but would you use this incident to insert yourself to get a to get the war to end like i feel as if they took the wrong move here what, what do you think should have been done i think what you're saying right there again the truth versus the noble lie right i think you should tell the truth right i think you should tell the truth the way that you just said to tell the truth right what i would add to that is that's why we need immediate three party four party five party talks to stop all hostilities because this could have started World War III. Right. We're not going to invoke Article 5 even though per treaty you have instigated, even if it's an accident, technically you technically have. Technically it could have, yeah. Technically it could have. We cannot have this. We cannot right. have nuclear war. And I think that the entire world would be, I think every country would end up, I mean, maybe not Russia. But every country, and maybe not Ukraine either, by the right. way. So maybe Ukraine and Russia would not be in favor of this. But the rest of the world would be in favor of this. So you would it would force every party to the table well, to actually end this conflict. I, I, as soon I don't as possible. think this decision is for anyone to make but the Ukrainian people, honestly. Well, when here's to, the thing. When, when to stop this war. When two, and the Russian people. Well, hold on. But when two Poles die... You've now included Poland into the mix. Right. And because they're a part of NATO, you've included NATO into the mix. Right. So, like, you got to, what do they call that? You got to show cause or something like that? Right. They now have cause. Uh, again, with an accident, I don't, 
know if that's the case. How but, many more accidents until you can show cause? Then? Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think that, but that's the point though. I think is is that like they're not negotiating right now. There's right. no negotiations going on between Russia and Ukraine. Right. Which again, you can say that there's justification for that because Russia's doing I think some for, evil shit. I think from and the Ukrainian side, there's and, there's absolute justification to not negotiate with Russia and to work to completely remove them from their country. Correct. So, correct. Yeah. However considering that globally this can start a world war right globally other countries have a little bit you know have some skin in the game on this one well especially because the rest of the world is funding ukraine well that's true too but by the same token the only way that this can start a world war is if other countries get involved so if other countries just decide not to get involved other countries are involved well they're already involved by by uh, you know uh, funding and, and supplying ukraine but what I'm saying is, unless... And Ru- there's countries funding Russia, too. Though. Unless Russia lobs a nuke at Europe or the U.S., which is not going to happen. I mean, that's just suicide. Um, then there's no real justification for NATO to get involved in this war. But with so, but with what, what, with what you just said right now... Right. You also don't necessarily... Like, you're not really mad at... Are at, at the at the Biden administration or NATO or Poland for that matter for the way in which they went about doing this I, at the same time? I wouldn't say I'm mad. I you know you I, understand. I understand why they did it, um, but the truth still needs to be out there. The, the truth should still be told, and this was an unnecessary lie, even though it was probably a lie told with good intentions. You know, the intention of preventing a war. Yeah. Right. Um, But I'm just shocked, and I'm really shocked, the fact that there's no one in the media that put this out there. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anybody yet. No. And I've been searching and searching because I I kept saying to myself, I can't be the only one that's figured this out. And this is what I would like to see, by the way. What I hope happens is that we put this out. Right. And that somebody is able to refute it. I I would like to see that. But I, like, I actually hope you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you again. And, and I said this to you before the show even started. I, I feel I'm way out of my depth on this one. Right. But from what you're saying, boy, that fucking sounds. It, I, it really I, sounds like that's the thing, though. I've spent <laughs> essentially three days trying to disprove this. And every time it just the the evidence gets stronger and stronger into this is how it happened. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, at this point, I'm ninety nine point nine percent. And I'm not even saying that is like a, you know, people throw around that number. Yeah, I would if I had to put a statistical number on it, I'd say it's probably ninety nine point nine percent probability that this is exactly how it happened. Yeah. But are very close to what you're saying happened, though, is that Russia had a guy that was, you know, that, that's typing in the coordinates for these missiles, right. got it wrong, right. and it went over and struck this well, place in Poland. Think, think about it this way. Think about it. If Picture yourself sitting in a room with a bunch of monitors, and on one monitor you've got the, the data entry for the actual cruise missile where you're going to be programming in the coordinates. Uh-huh. On the other monitor, you've got a spreadsheet with a list of targets. And let's say you're going after an air base. Yeah. Okay. Now, if that was say it was a spreadsheet and it was sorted by major cities mm-hmm. in Ukraine, you would have all the air bases in Kiev, 
all the air bases in Lviv. Yeah. Okay. Chances are the last air base on the list for Kiev would be the Anatov Aircraft Factory because it does have a an airport there. Yeah. Because when you build an airplane, you after it comes off the assembly line, it has to take off, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going mean, to put it, it on a truck. Yeah. yeah. So there's an air base there. So that would probably be the smallest military air base in Kiev, right? Yeah. Okay. The largest military air base in Lviv would be the next one on the list if it was sorted by city and by air base size. Okay. So it's it's extremely plausible that those two targets were in some type of spreadsheet form right one above each other. And if you were looking at that screen and saying, okay, these are these coordinates and looking over the other screen, typing it in, looking back at the spreadsheet, and if you were just off by one line with the latitude, that's what would happen. You would key in that, the one longitude, the other latitude, it hits exactly at that spot in Poland. Okay, now let me ask another question here. Hmm. Is this a common mistake? <laughs> it, I, it, it, I would think that in the U.S., and in NATO, no. I'm sure there's checks and rechecks and things like that when cruise missiles are targeted. But think but about in the heat of war. In the heat of war and how Russians command and control and it just they're so bad at this sort of thing. You know well, what I'm saying? Now they're depleted and not only are they depleted right. in personnel. And they're probably exhausted and and you gotta remember that they've been firing cruise missiles for like three days straight at all the major cities and various, you know, electrical targets, military targets, civilian but targets. I just, so these guys have probably been sitting in a bunker for pretty much three days straight. Yeah. They're probably exhausted. Yeah. It would be easy for this type of error. To, I mean, again, it's so exactly plausible in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it makes perfect sense. And when you think that, but you can't come up with another theory that it would be, that would contradict your theory. There's, there's no way in hell that it was an S 300 missile fired by Ukraine. It, it's just like the odds of that are just uh, 10 million to one. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hundred million to one. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's so implausible that it shouldn't be even considered. And the alternative theory that I've come up with based on the facts of where that missile hit, it's so now, plausible that it, it's. But has has the has the has Poland or NATO or the U.S. produced the evidence? Because they've said that it is now. Right. But have they produced the evidence for this? Yes. And the next day, they took some photos of S three hundred debris, like on grass, just like laid out on grass, and published those and said that there it is. That's a missile, which would be real easy to do. Yeah, I mean, just real easy to do. And here's the other thing is Poland and the U.S. Ukraine immediately said, we want to be in on this investigation. Yeah. Poland, the U.S. said no. They did not allow them to inspect, <coughs> excuse me, inspect the uh, impact site. Now, did Russia ask? No. And they wouldn't let Russia in. Anyway. No, of course they wouldn't let Russia in. But you would think that in this scenario, there would be no doubt that yes okay come on in let's let's all team this together i mean these are three countries that are like you know buddy buddy right now oh yeah there would be no reason to keep ukraine out of this investigation unless they were planning the evidence well i think buddy buddy sugar daddy sugar mama but well yeah, whatever you know my little dig yeah <laughs> right but yeah so it, it would make no sense for and again 
Ukraine has been denying it the whole time. They've softened now after a but couple. But they're still denying it, though. They're still denying they're it. Not, they're not saying they did it. No, absolutely. They have not admitted that it was their missile, which it wasn't. You know, it's, yeah. it, it just wasn't. Yeah. And that's what they've said the but whole time. But you think that the U.S. and NATO and Poland at this point have faked evidence to try to yeah. dissuade people to. Yeah. But even but given the scenario, though, you don't think it's even possible. Like the odds of it are, well, you said 10 million to one. It's almost impossible. It's 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 approaching the range of impossibility. And the reason why you say that is is that the missiles that you're talking about them using do not have the ability to do the uh, uh, optical targeting Correct. to actually target that. And so the odds of it actually hitting where it hit right. are so improbable well, and that it just it's it not can't, only that be a thing. The odds of the Ukrainians uh, having those S-300 missiles target or, or, or programmed to impact on the ground when they're firing them over their own territory, that just, you know, that's, that's literally Air Defense 101, okay? When you are launching surface-to-air missiles over your own territory, you make sure that they are set, and most of them can't even be set to detonate on the ground, most surface-to-air missiles. But you make sure that if they can be, that they're set to detonate after they've either exceeded their range or exceeded their exceeded their fuel, because you don't want bombs raining down on your own people. It, it just it's common sense. Yeah. So there's no way the Ukrainians would have their S-300 missiles programmed that are rear deployed. If they were forward deployed, maybe. But these are deployed in their own cities. Yeah, because you know? they're for defense, not offense. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want those missiles coming down back on your head. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's just basics. So that coupled with the fact that where it actually landed, the odds are just astronomical. It just makes no sense. Okay. All right. All right. All so right. anyway, so uh, folks, if you thought that was important, uh, please share this episode out as you can. If you think that this is information that needs to get out there, please share it. Get it out there. Um, Hold on, let me ask a question. I know, I, and are I kind of feel weird about that, too. Are you actually going to post this on your social I media? I probably will. Oh, my God! <laughs> I probably will. It's yeah. a Christmas miracle. Yeah, just because, you know, it's, I, I think this one is just so important that people know. Yeah. I, just because it's the Yeah, but truth. what do you want to do with the information, though? I just know the truth. That's really what it boils like, down to. Not to change anything. No. Just know the truth. No. It's, the outcome should be the same. NATO should do nothing, you know? At least know the truth. Know why decisions are being made. Know what the real story is behind it. I think that's important for people to really understand the truth of the matter and then make decisions based on that. Yeah. You know, so. I got you. I got but you. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on uh, to a different topic. I don't know how we're going to do this. We're at, at, we're, this we're at 48 minutes at this point. <laughs> oh, we're at 48 minutes at yeah. this point? So we, uh, I, I thought that all would right, be so, uh, hold 20 on. minutes. But all uh, of the, Here's the thing. All of the witty banter stuff is going into the second hour. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to do that right now. I am going to hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I am going to give the quote of the week for Adrian. So uh, the, the quote of the week that we have this week, I am personally retaliating against Iran. I filled out a form at the, ma- in the, at the mail at the, for, mall. at the mall for home solar energy, downloaded an auto insurance quote app and registered a domain name all using the Ayatollah's cell phone number. We're even now Adrian Wiley via Twitter. <laughs> God, that's just stupid, man. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I just try too hard. 
That that was just, just stupid. Yeah, that one was dumb. Yeah, that was dumb. That yeah. one was that, dumb. That, that was that was back like uh, when I felt like I I had to uh, post something on social media on a regular basis. It's like I got nothing today. Let me just make something up. Yeah. yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. So once again, fuck that Adrian Wiley guy. Exactly. All right. So now let's. Okay. If there's one other news story again, like this is so. Like, <laughs> I know. Like I'm I'm sitting here going like, like I can't even contemplate how we do another story right now uh, yeah right like i, I know. can't even do it i almost yeah. want to say like let's just end <laughs> our number one here go into start hour fresh number on hour two, number two and, and like like we'll do it a little bit early we'll do it a little bit early we won't hit the full hour that we would normally hit right um but well hang on a second if if there is one story that ties in well with this um, it, it, I'm going to go to um, <laughs> this story uh, because <laughs> this actually weighed on me when considering whether or not to talk about the Ukrainian, the, the Polish missile story. All right. Okay. And it was that a, um, a, a guy who runs a Area 51 website, you know, and, <laughs> and I looked at this website. It's called dreamlandresort.com. Uh-huh. Okay. This looks like something straight out of 1996 oh yeah this okay. is totally a 1996 I mean, site if you were to land on this site you would think that it is the cheesiest most bullshit site and it's just like you know oh aliens oh you know what i'm saying um and on first impression that's what it is but what actually happened this week is this guy has two different houses both of which were simultaneously raided by the United States Air Force and the FBI. And they took all his computers, all his electronics. Uh, I'll go ahead and read from the article here. Agents from the U.S. Air Force and FBI recently raided homes in Clark and Lincoln counties in an investigation of a man who operates a website about the top-secret military base known as Area 51, a spokesman confirmed Wednesday. Uh, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations and FBI entered the homes owned by Jorg Arnu in Las Vegas and in the tiny town of Rachel, Nevada, on November 3rd and seized potential evidence for an undisclosed joint agency probe, according to Lieutenant Colonel Byron McGarry, spokesman for Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. Quote, this is an open and ongoing law enforcement investigation between the Las Vegas FBI and the Air Force OSI. Uh, he declined to elaborate on the basis for the investigation, but Arno of Las Vegas is the webmaster of a site titled Dreamland Resort, focusing on Area 51, an Air Force base in Lincoln County, about 120 miles northwest of Las Vegas, where testing is conducted on new and classified U.S. military aircraft. Now, um, <laughs> this guy said they came in, they took everything, you know, just uh, and so apparently he hit on something that was true. You know, yeah, he got some real information. Uh, and the reason that I, I tied this in is because I literally read this story <laughs> right before starting the investigation into what happened in Poland. And it was really weighing on my mind because it, it, it made me think, you know, it, what if there are some consequences for us for reporting on this? You know, and I didn't think they were going to well, yeah, because necessarily... one of the things you said was is that you think they're going to shut all of our stuff down. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I'm not revealing any classified it's a badge data. badge of honor if they do, by the way. I'm not revealing any classified data or anything like that. 
I literally every all the investigation I did is all from open source information. Yes. No, I did not reveal anything classified. Well, I, and you don't nor did really I have a smoking gun per se. Uh, it's not a smoking gun. I, I would put it at it's would a jury would convict beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Okay. That's where I would put it. Uh, and again, I have not revealed any. Um, I have not classified knowledge of you know uh, surface air missile systems. I have not revealed any of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so nothing I have done in this investigation is anywhere outside of uh, an investigation that anyone could have done. Yeah. Okay. But by the same token, you know, I see this story and here's some guy with some cheesy website, you know, that honestly, you don't think anyone really would pay attention to. And the website was started in 1999. Yeah. And he hasn't changed it since. <laughs> the style this is. This is literally the same way it looked probably in yeah, 1999. The, the style is definitely 1999. Jesus Christ. Uh, I know. Not, yeah. I mean. You expect like MIDI music, you know, eight bit MIDI music like, to play when you get there. The, this is what like XCOM UFO defense look like. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's not even that good. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It's not. It's it's. But God, this is a this is he shuts a <laughs> shitty website. Like, why not make it a little bit better? Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that you would see this website and you just you would write it off as. Uh, just some conspiracy conspiracy well, yeah, theories. and it was update last update was 11 6 2022 well apparently he was forced to take a lot of stuff off the website so apparently he had information on there that he had to remove yeah so uh, I, i'm actually surprised the site is still up at all you know get, given the situation but you know as as i'm doing this investigation and we're making the decision whether or not to report on it or not i'm thinking about this guy and it's like you know what could they do to us? They couldn't really put us in jail, you know, because we haven't done anything illegal in this investigation. I mean, and technically you are just putting forward a theory. Right. But they could potentially, you know, put pressure on all the uh, the uh, uh, formats that carry our show and things like that and potentially, you know, something like that. So there was that actual thought of, you know, what are the repercussions of it? Yeah. You know? No, I got you. Well, and the other thought was to do this separate from the show. Yeah. Yeah. But in all reality, we kind of are. We're just making it all hour number one. Yeah. Yeah. Be but it, it, look, yeah, I thought we, we might be able to get to it quicker than we did. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to lay it all out. Right. And this thing took longer to lay out than I think we thought hey, it was going to yeah, take. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be 20, 30 minutes. But uh, yeah, it took, it definitely took longer took, than that. It needed to take, and it, here's the thing. And it needed to take longer than that. Yeah. And I would rather put our number one. In the, I would rather put this in hour number one so it's not behind the paywall right. than to put it in hour number two Absolutely. behind the paywall because I would rather people actually hear this part. And by the way, uh, a, a breakdown of everything I discussed, uh, photographs uh, with the actual longitude and latitude of... Will be in the show notes. It's all in it the show notes. The, it yeah. will be on the Substack. Yep. I mean, the only thing, and I got to talk to you about this right now, is if we actually... If we do two separate substacks, one with the article, and then one with the, um, um, and then one just that links this in the show notes. However you want to do it. I don't know. We'll uh, figure I'll leave it out. to you. Just because it's going to be so long. Okay, but uh, we, you wrote like an article. Uh, it w it was more of just my notes, but it it ended up being kind of like an article. I, I didn't really edit it as article quality, but the information uh, then I'll is leave there. It, then I'll leave it in there. Then I'm yeah. going to leave it like that. It's just yeah. going to be it's going to be very long today, though. Right. Right. The show notes are going to be long, but they're going to be worth it. I mean, to be honest with you, the pictures are, you know, like, and again, if you look at the pictures, you, you, 
the only other thing I would say is is that you really have to look hard in order to see the latitude and longitudinal numbers. Well, I think you can blow those pictures up. Yeah, you know, so. but this is the this is what Adrian has shown as the proof, right? So. Or if if you uh, you know just look up these locations in Google Earth, uh, you can you can see it for yourself where yeah. the longitude and latitude yeah, is. Yeah. So. So let's let's go ahead and leave it there. We'll wrap up uh, the first hour. And uh, if you'd like to uh, join us in the second hour or if you're new to unattended baggage, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up. Our number one is always free. uh, But if you sign up, become a subscriber, you get a whole bunch of swag, including a copy of my novel, The Cassandra Trigger. Uh, You get a anarchist guild coin, a whole bunch of other stuff. So patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage and we'll see you on the other side.